Alrighty, everybody, welcome back. It is May 11th. I'm Tavis Killian. WTI prices are $24.37 as of recording, and you boys graduated. We did it, made it through mines, got my bachelor's degree in petroleum engineering, and uh, I'm excited to see what's next. So, you know, hit the ground running, start applying for jobs, and see what to do. Although, I'm not really sure what jobs are out there because we're approaching 40 million unemployed Americans, if I'm not mistaken. So, I'm sure I'll be competing with a lot of you, and I'm excited. <laughs> Made the best man win, and it's probably going to be you because you've got the experience. But hey, you don't want to hear about my graduation dreams. You don't want to hear about me searching for a job. Let's talk about a collective dream that I think we could all have. Let's dream as an industry and look towards a prediction from Oriscom Investment. The CEO, Nagib Sawiras, stated that he believes in about 18 months, we may see prices of up to $100 per barrel. Now, let me be clear. I didn't graduate with an investment degree. I graduated with an engineering degree. But even so, this estimate seems to be way too high. I think 18 months could be a reasonable guess of getting through the stored oil we have accumulated in the first quarter of this year and the oil we will continue to collect in the second, but the pessimist inside of me does not believe that prices will be able to reach $100 per barrel, especially what WTI prices. This prediction relies on the shale industry entirely disappearing for about a year. Sawiris believes that this shortage will create a large enough demand for oil that the prices will react as dramatically as he predicts, allowing banks to pinch fewer pennies, and lend out some cash for projects that aim to meet this demand. While I pray that I am wrong, the EIA does still predict that WTI will be worth about $40 per barrel about, well, a year from now. Although it doesn't seem likely that prices will improve in the next few months, Saudi Arabia seems to be taking steps to counteract this. Saudi Arabia's energy ministry has recently stated that it plans to cut another 1 million barrels of production a day through Saudi Aramco. Saudi Arabia is already cutting 8.5 million barrels per day as a country from the OPEC plus deals, so the fact that they're cutting another million barrels on top, to me, seems a little too good to be true. In terms of my own personal speculation, I wonder if this is a politically charged action. Last week, sources revealed that the U.S. was pulling two missile systems and 300 troops that were arming those missile systems set to defend Saudi Arabian oil facilities, citing that there was a disagreement on the country's production accelerated right before that OPEC plus deal, which resulted in a large portion of that produced oil being shipped towards the United States, of course. The lack of military support from the United States could have forced Saudi Arabia's hand as another attack, regardless of the perpetrator, would be absolutely devastating for the country's economy. Remember the effects from that earlier missile attack? Well, take that and multiply it by the effects of coronavirus. I really hope tensions don't escalate as war would only add to the crazy list of things happening this year, but I suppose oil prices would likely increase. <laughs> I mean, you just got to find a silver lining for everything, right? But even so, I think this, well, let's say my speculation's correct. It would be confirmed if the U.S. returned military support for Saudi Arabia, but it seems like, well, behind the scenes of everything else that's been going on in this crazy, crazy year, there are some tensions between the United States Saudi Arabia, and, well, Saudi Arabia and the rest of the world. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Baker Hughes, you know Baker Hughes. They've been keeping track of the rig count since 1940, but has never seen numbers like these. Reports from Friday said that oil and gas rigs fell again, well, to no one's surprise, to a total of 374 rigs, which is about 614 fewer rigs than we had this time 
exactly one year ago. This is the lowest number of oil and gas rigs reported since they started tracking back in 1940. There are currently only 292 oil rigs, which is a 513 oil rig loss on the year. This is foreboding for the future production of quarter two, an event that some people are already calling the great shut-in. Coronavirus, government conflict, and storage constraints are pushing more and more people to shut wells in and choke production. It's likely that we will probably need around another 10 million barrels per day worldwide of production to be cut if coronavirus does hold out until June, and hopefully not longer than that, which the market will regulate on its own by destroying company cash flow until, well, people sink or swim. This is going to be a very tough time for a lot of people. It'll be a tenacious quarter two. The biggest concern at the moment is the potential for a second outbreak as some countries are reporting increased rates of infection now that the quarantine policies are being relaxed. I don't want to be the guy that said, I told you so, but from the beginning, you know, like I've been saying, we should have tried to control the infection rate so that hospitals would be operating just under maximum capacity. This virus is just too contagious, lives too long to be controlled. At this point, just being wishy-washy between flatten the curve and stay-at-home orders has only prolonged the crisis and allowed more people to become infected. Wish our government would pick one policy and stick with it. I read recently that a protest, and if I'm not mistaken, it was in Wisconsin had occurred, where many individuals expressed their lack of support for the government's, well, state government's current policies. And <laughs> from, from that protest, 40 of those protesters are now infected. I mean, consistency is key. And also, side note, holding hands with strangers at protest, I mean, regardless of whether or not there's coronavirus, is, seems like a foolish thing to do. So, like I said, all my speculation, but a second wave of infections could be devastating as we would likely see the same policies go into effect even though they were so poorly enforced. So more infections just means more downtime for the world, more downtime for the economy, and tougher times for everybody. In terms of how everybody will be affected, who better to go to than Rare Petro to find out? Soon we'll be having another basin breakdown for last month, and there's a lot of content being published now, lots of new things going out. There's been periodicals, we've got lots of heavy data expressing who's winning, who's losing, who's being affected, and why. So I encourage you to go to rarepetro.com. Please subscribe to the newsletter. If you don't like it, you can always unsubscribe, but you don't know until you try. We also have plenty more podcasts coming out, hopefully a few more industry leader spotlight interviews. So make sure you are plugged in, tuned into that content, and subscribed. Like I mentioned as of recording, today is May 11th. And a week from now will be May 18th, the next Monday Madness episode, and one day before futures contracts expire. Now, if you don't remember, which would be very surprising, because if you listen to this podcast, I think you're a little more tuned in, oil prices plunged into negative territory for the first time ever. It's likely that it could happen again because, well, the storage situation hasn't necessarily improved. Some businesses, some countries getting back to business with a little bit more industrial production, traveling, shipping but really still oversupplied. So it's possible that this time next Monday, the market's going to be opening and we're going to lose all the progress we made in terms of price improvements. Fortunately today, WTI prices are hovering at about $24, like I mentioned, which is roughly where they were at right before we plunged into negative territory. But I imagine that, I don't know, let's make some wagers. Uh, what's the over-under on negative $40? Do you think it'll be about as bad or a whole lot worse than it was before. Maybe not too bad at all. 
I don't know. Go ahead and comment, please, on the podcast what you believe. Visit the Rare Petro page and let me know what you think. But my money's on something pretty damn terrible. But I think that wraps it up for this week. Not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, I hate to keep reporting on same old, same old, you know, coronavirus, huge oversupply. Looks like there are some developments, at least politically, and keep an eye on Saudi Arabia and U.S. interactions in the near future. But yeah, next next episode, I might be losing my mind as I record because I tend to do these the morning of. So we'll see what happens when prices begin to fall thanks to that futures contract for June. So until next time, take care, everybody. 